You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Praise him, man. God bless you guys. Go ahead, go ahead and grab a seat. As our teenagers get released for their service, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, amen. We're going to go have a good time right now, amen. Tonight I want, I want to minister a message entitled, Be Thankful Always. Be Thankful Always, amen. In other words, don't be seasonal in your thanksgiving when it comes to serving the Lord. You know, seasonal Christians serve God only when things are going well. Come on. But if we are to be the voice and continue to grow in our walk with the Lord, amen, then we must, say I must, we must be thankful people always. Come on. You may not like what's going on in your life presently, uh, but, but a true Christian, come on, we got any true Christians in the house? The true Christian always looks for the good in every situation and are thankful. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 18, it says this, Be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for it is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Come on, it says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for it is the Lord's will for you in Christ Jesus. Romans, I mean not Romans, uh, Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Amen. Somebody say rejoice. Amen. I know that there's going to be times in our walk, in our times that we don't feel like rejoicing. Come on, we don't feel uh, joyful, or we don't want to pray, or we don't feel like shouting. I've come, you know, I, I can understand that, amen. There's moments that I myself don't feel like that. But how many know that those are the times that we need to? Come on. Those are the times, you know, when we don't feel like it, we need to. When we don't want to be happy, we need to be happy. When we don't want to be joyful, we need to be joyful. Because you know what? God is still good. Come on. I, you know, it doesn't matter if you had a flat tire, God is still good. Come on. If you're not having a good hair day, ladies, God is still good. Come on. Come on, it doesn't matter what it is. God is always good. Can somebody say amen? Philippians chapter 4, verse 5 to 9. This is something that I really hold on to myself personally. This is this. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And it goes on to say, and the peace of God, somebody say the peace of God, 
The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Then it says this, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. And I'll add, always. Amen. Listen, we shouldn't be jumping on the Jesus bus when everything's going good. Come on, somebody. Come on, you ever see those Jesus bus jumpers? Come on, they just jump on it when everything's flowing. Amen. We need to be a people that stay on the bus even if it gets a little bumpy. Come on. How many know that this this walk that you and I are in is not always going to be smooth? Come on. It's not always going to be happy times. Amen. How many know that you're going to hit some bumps on the road? Amen. But how many know that some people, when they hit bumps, they bump out? Come on. Come on. They they can be good one day, amen. One little storm, one little bump in their road, amen, and they're out of here. But in, in, when you're serving God, no matter if it's smooth sailing, uh, come on, if you're cruising, but if you hit a bump, amen, how many know you got to stay on the bus? Come on, this is where you got to be staying on the bus, and you got to continue to be thankful always. So how do we do that? How do we re- remain, remain thankful? Well, I want to look at the life of a man tonight who did it well. And hopefully that we, you and I can learn something from his life. And I want to look at the life of Apostle Paul. Amen. You see, Paul didn't just give thanks to the Lord on Thanksgiving Day. Come on, he didn't give thanks when things were just going good. Amen. But every day was a thankful day for Paul. Come on, really, every day we wake up, we should give thanks. How many gave thanks this morning? Come on. Hopefully we did that when you woke up, amen, and your eyes opened to another day that you say, thank you, Lord, for another day that you've given me. Thank you for this day of life that you've given me. Thank you that my eyes open today. Thank you that I'm breathing, amen. Thank you uh, for whatever it is. If you woke up this morning, come on, how many know that you got to give thanks? But in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 through 13, I'm reading out the Message Bible, and it says this, actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now to be quite content, whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much, and with much as with little. I found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, whether hands full or hands hands empty. Whatever I have, whatever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. In the New King James, it says at the end, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Message Bible says, I've found the recipe for being happy. Come on, who wants to get a hold of that recipe tonight? 
Come on, I don't know about you, but I, I'd love to get a hold of that recipe to understand, you know what? Man, I have the recipe for being happy always. Come on, how many want to be happy always? Come on, how many want to be a grouch? Some of you guys are having a grouchy face right now, amen. You need this recipe right now. Church, let me ask you a question. Are you able to be happy or be content in any circumstances you face? Be honest right now. You know, can you be happy no matter what you face, no matter what comes your way? Can you still be happy? See, Paul knew how to be satisfied. He knew how to be content. Whether he had plenty or whether he was in need, Paul was always thankful. Why? Because he had the recipe. Another translation says that, you know what, I found the secret, the secret of contentment. In Colossians chapter 3, 16 to 17, the New Living Translation puts it like this. Let the message of Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing songs uh, and hymns and spiritual songs to the God with a thankful heart. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Come on. Let me ask you another question. Does anyone here have a need? Come on. Somebody just wave your hand. You have a need. I have needs. Amen. Come on. Do you have a need or are you just dissatisfied because you don't have what you want? Come on, is it a need or you're dissatisfied because you don't have what you want? You see, contentment doesn't come naturally to most of us. Contentment describes a person who accepts whatever comes their way, which really rules most of us out. Come on, if we can be honest, right? Because we kind of flow whatever hits our life, right? Come on. When things are good, guess what? We're good. But when things are bad, well, stay out of their way, get out of their way because something's about to happen. Come on, we can be honest. When things are flowing with your life, guys, come on, we're all happy. But when you get received some bad news or a bad doctor report or, or something hits your life or someone cuts you off, come on, it's a different story now. Come on, let's be honest. You know, we, we kind of flow, amen. We're having a bad day, amen. We're going to have a bad day. It's like that saying, if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. Hallelujah. So we all kind of, we, we kind of flow by how we feel. But you got to understand that Paul was satisfied to a point of his life where he was not disturbed. He was not disquieted. Nothing disturbed him to a point where he lost his thankfulness to God. Nothing in his life made him silent, quiet. Nothing stopped his shout, because he was always thankful. So what's the secret? What's, what's, what's this recipe of contentment? See, Paul learned the secret. He had the recipe of being happy in any situation. He truly understood what it was to be in the want and to be in the plenty. So what was Paul's secret? What made him not a seasonal Christian? What made him so different? How many want to know the recipe? Anybody want to know the recipe? 
You ready to write it down? Well, it's found in verse 13 of Philippians 4.4, where he says, I can do all things through who? Through who? Who strengthens me. The recipe and the secret is Jesus. Did that blow your mind? <laughs> Come on, if you simply have Jesus in your life and you put him primary as number one in your life, you center him in your life, let me tell you, you'll always be thankful. You'll always be happy. See, Paul's secret was in Jesus. It wasn't in anything else. It wasn't in material needs. So that's why he said, you know what, I understand to have plenty. I understand to be in the need, but you know what, it, that doesn't rock me, amen. It doesn't make me uh, or take me or make me if I have a lot or don't have a lot, amen. Uh, all I know is Jesus Christ is in my life, and that's all I need, hallelujah. He can satisfy you when you put your mind to Christ. He's sufficient was in Christ's sufficiency. He learned that everything comes from the Father. The good, the bad, the rain, the sunshine. It didn't matter to him. He already had drawn the line, amen. Uh, come on, he says, you know what, I'm not going back. How many of you have drawn that line? Remember that old song, amen, I've drawn the line, no turning back. Come on, the thing is, you're never going to find happiness if you never draw that line and give your life fully to Jesus Christ. Come on, it has to be fully, amen. you got to give me your life. You, you cannot be jumping on one side or the other. I'm going to serve Jesus today and I'm on the bus and boom, I'm, I'm back off the bus because I hit a road or, or I don't have what I want or, or I didn't get the raise that I wanted, amen. I, I didn't get the wife that, no, don't say that. I didn't. <laughs> whoa, 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 slow down. Once you're married, that's it. You're done, dude. <laughs> Work it out. If you have Christ Jesus, guess what? You'll still be happy. Christ Jesus will make you happy in your marriage. Come on. It, it doesn't matter, amen, how you came in. Once you put Christ in the center of your life, church, and no matter what hits your life, let me tell you, you can still be thankful. Come on, it doesn't matter if you got a bad report or they say you got whatever, uh, 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 some kind of problem in your body or, or even cancer, amen. It should not take away your thankfulness to God. The recipe was Jesus. Paul has drawn that line. He says, I'm not going back no more. I found the truth. I, I found my life. I, I found my sufficiency. I, I found my happiness. I, I found my peace, and it's about Jesus Christ. I found the truth, and his name is Jesus. And that's what made him thankful. I think if we can all go back to the altar when we hit trials in our lives, where Jesus Christ set us free or put our lives back together, I think we can start to be thankful if we can just go back to the altar when he set us free. When you were lost in your sin, you were bound, amen, and you came and, and you were just so thankful that God took away all your sins. Come on, somebody. Come on, that's what made him thankful. Just like that song, amen, uh, when I think about the Lord and how he saved me uh, and how he raised me uh, and how he filled me uh, with the Holy Ghost, amen, uh, how he healed me to the uttermost. Uh, when I think about the Lord and how he picked me up and, and turned me around, amen, and how he set my feet on solid ground, it makes me want to shout, hallelujah, 
Thank you, Jesus. Come on, you know that song? It's a song that should be inside your, your heart, amen. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, how he healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how he picked me up and turned me around and he placed my feet, makes me want to hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Woo, come on, somebody. You know. Come on, you got to sing it happy. Come on, it has to be a soul. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, you got Jesus. <laughs> Come on, when you start thinking about the Lord and when you start to think about what he's done in your life and when you start to think about how he turned your life around, come on, you got to shout hallelujah. You got to shout thank you, Jesus. See, a thanksgiving comes back in your heart no matter what you're hitting in your life, amen, when you start to think about the Lord. This was Paul. I believe, amen, that this song, amen, was something that Paul heard in his heart when I think about the Lord. See, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 10, the New Living says this, even though I received such wonderful revelations from God, so it kept me from being proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from being proud. And he goes on to say three times, somebody say three times. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away, and each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. So I am now glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and insult, hardships, persecution, and troubles that I suffer for Christ, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Hallelujah. Come on, First Timothy 12, uh, 1 Timothy 1.12 says this, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength. See, Paul learned to trust God in every situation. So instead of saying, this is what life has brought me, he drew strength from everything, from the one who continually empowered him. He knew that Christ would give him the strength whatever circumstances that he would face through the Holy Spirit. See, Paul knew how to call out. Paul knew, God, I, I'm feeling weak in this situation. I'm going through a, a tempting situation. I'm going through a, a hard time. And he drew himself to the Lord because that's when he was weak. But through Christ, he became strong. The secret church is drawing on Christ's power for strength. If we draw from ourselves, guys... The power runs out. Come on, willpower only goes so far, church. Willpower has a limit where Christ's power is unlimited. Come on. You can, go, you can be nice so much to a person. How many know that to go the extra mile, you need Jesus? Hallelujah. Come on, you, come on. There's, there's a certain point that I, I can only put up with this person this much. But once it goes here, 
I'm done. But with Christ, you can go over. You can be better. You can love all those. You can love your enemies. You can do things beyond your own imagination because your willpower only takes you so far. Your willpower only likes who you like. But the Christ inside of you makes you like others. Come on, some. Christ's power, let me tell you, church, never runs out. Once you get into his presence, he is the original. Listen, energizer. Come on, his power keeps going and going and going. It never runs out because his power is forever. See, if you're finding yourself getting frustrated with people, anybody has done that? Don't look at them right now. Don't look at them right now, man. Come on, you get frustrated with people or family? Hello. Holidays are coming up. Woo. Hallelujah. Help us, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, the boss on the job, your neighbor, life, people in the church. Come on, somebody. It's because you're doing it. If you're getting frustrated with people that are around your life, it's because you're doing it in your own strength. What you need to do is to get into his presence in order to get his strength. Come on, that's why we open up in, in, in worship. That's why we open up in prayer, church, because you know what? I'll, I need to get into his presence. Right now I'm having a hard time or I'm having an issue with someone or, or whatever it may be, amen. But when you get into the presence of God, amen, that's when you start to get a little bit power, amen. That's when you start to get forgiveness in your spirit and where you simply just want to just let it go and start to thank God. Come on. That's why we lift up our hands during worship as to what? We lift up our hands because we're thanking the Lord. When I think about the Lord and how he saved me, see, something, all that doesn't matter. The problem, the fight, whatever situation you're going, it doesn't matter at that time because you're thinking about God. And when you think about God, nothing else matters, church. He's good, he's faithful, and he's going to get you through your storm. He's going to get you through your battle, whatever you're going through. So we need to tap out. To self, we need to tap into Christ's strength. We need to tap into the Holy Ghost, amen. Because when you are weak, then he makes you strong. Come on. Anybody weak here? Come on, tap into Jesus. Come on, tap into him. Even when you're strong, get stronger. You know, you, see, you can think you're strong in your own willpower. And that, that, that strength will even run out. But when you tap into Jesus, it never runs out, church. You're good. You're smiling. You're thankful. You're nice. I think it's a lot better being nice than mean. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Look at a mean person. Say, be nice. No, I'm just playing. Don't, don't look at him. Nobody's mean here, right? We all got Jesus, right? And when they have a face like that, I say, you know what? You need some Jesus. Start singing to them. When I think about the Lord. Start pointing. When he saved you. <laughs> we have to rely on the promises of God. Come on. And Christ's power to help us to be content. If you are a person that always wants more, then ask God to remove those desires and teach you how to be satisfied instead. Be satisfied in every situation. Every circumstance that you face, my God, say my God, my God will supply all your needs, guys, and he'll do what's in a way that is best for you. Another secret of Paul 
was that his contentment was that he can see life from God's point of view. So Paul was so focused on what he was supposed to be doing, not what he felt that he should have. See, we, if we can change the perspective of how we think, church, on what we should be doing instead of what we think we should have, then our, 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 our view would change, guys. You see, sometimes we think because we are saved, born again, a follower of Christ, that we should have this and we should have that and all this stuff. He's a big God. I want big things. Right? Come on. We, that's just how we think. We get saved. We think that we should always be blessed. And I'm not saying that God does not want to bless you. How many know that he wants to bless you? But, how, you know, we've all been blessed by God. Amen? But our relationship should not be based on what we have. It should be based on what we're doing and what he has already done in our lives. You see, Paul had his priorities straight. He was grateful for everything that God had done for him. We need to do this, amen. What we need to do is detach ourselves from the non-essentials of life and so that we can concentrate on the eternal things of life. Money is not the answer, church. Money's good. How many know money's good? But it's not the answer to all your, your needs. Only Christ can fulfill that. Come on, if we, we, we need to focus on what's important. Come on, and give more attention to what matters than what you don't have, church. When we often desire more than we have, you know what that really is? It's a longing to fill an emptiness in your life. So people go buy things. They spend money. Why? Because there's a void in their life. Because Jesus is not the focus. See, once you put him center in your life, you don't have to, you're already filled. So whether you have little or you have much, you're content. You're satisfied. The question is, what are you drawn to when you feel empty inside? How do you find true contentment? See, your answer lies in your perspective. It lands in your priorities. It lands in any source of power. Come on. Once you start to think about it, that's where you find where your source is at. Is it Jesus or is it in things? And so we got to take a good look and say, man, Jesus has to be the center of that in order to stay thankful. Can, can we really do anything through Christ Jesus? Huh? Can we leap over a tall building in a single bound? Come on, we faster than a speeding bullet? Come on, no, only Superman can do that, amen. But listen, the power that we receive, say I receive, is when we are in union with Christ, church, his sufficient is to do his will and not ours. The power to face the challenges that rise up from our, from our commitment of doing his will. See, as we contend for the faith, remember, all of us, and our, my, my, my job, our leadership's job for those that we disciple, our job is for you to stand in your own faith. That you can stand in your own faith, amen. Now, that is to teach you because when you're able to stand in your own faith, then Christ is really the center of your life. Because you can draw to him. And so my thing is to teach you, stand in your own faith. Stand in his own strength. And you can go through all things. And let me tell you, you can leap 
a single building and a single bound. Amen. You can lift, you can do, you can do the impossible with Christ when you're standing in faith. Come on, our faith has faith to move mountains, it says. She says, you have faith as small as a mustard seed. You can tell that mountain to move, and it moves, amen. Now, you can tell a car whose battery is dead to start, and guess what? It'll start if you have faith. Come on. You've got to have some faith. Right? I think somebody's made a song like that. You've got to have faith to make it a day. You need faith. Somebody say faith. You, you got to draw on faith, church. And faith, you, you know, when we can get to a point in our lives that we can stand in our own faith. And when Jesus Christ is the center of our lives, let me tell you, you'll always be thankful and happy people. When we come in here, we should always be smiling. Sometimes we come in and we're like, mm. I know when people go through some stuff, they're like, oh, she's going through something. Oh, he's going through something too. But we can walk in, amen, and it shouldn't erase anything. Yeah, we got troubles. We all have troubles, right? We all, we all go through things. But it doesn't dictate my life. It doesn't take away who God is in my life. He's still going to be good no matter if I have a bad day. He's still going to be good even if I, I, I get a, a flat tire or my car doesn't start after work, amen. Come on, he's still a good God. Life happens, Come on, it rains, right? It, it rains, the sun's out, it, it, it rains and pour on, on the just and the unjust. So the same thing that happens to the world is going to happen to us, church. But the best thing on, about us is that we have Jesus. So we have an answer. We have something that can get us through our rough days. I'm not saying that, you know what, that we're, we're not going to feel sad or we're not going to feel worried. And I, I think... Those things are inside each one of us because we're human beings, amen. And we're going to feel that, but it should not dictate us. It should not control our day. Come on, we, we, we should just, man, it's hard. I'm sad, amen. But then you should draw to Christ who gives you strength. You got to contend for the faith, church. When we face troubles and pressures and trials, and as they come, church, our weakness in our weakness, ask Christ to strengthen you. How many do that? Come on, when you're going through something, is the first, your first thing in your mind is to call on Jesus or to call somebody out? Or give somebody a piece of your mind. Or say something bad out of your mouth. What's the first thing that, that happens, amen, when Christ is here? Do you, do you get worried and say, what the... Do you blow it or do you get a hold of yourself and call on Jesus? Come on, when you're going in, if you've ever been in, in an accident or you're going to hit something, amen, you, what's the first thing you go, oh! Or do you say, oh, Jesus. Come on, what word comes out of you? Come on, if I slapped you right now, what would you first say, amen? <laughs> I wonder if somebody would cry out, Jesus, <laughs> With a slap. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Man, I, I, I got a slapping spirit right now. <laughs> I just feel like slapping people. Hallelujah. I mean, what really? Think about it. And answer in your mind, what, what is your first response? When you get something of a bad news or you have a bad day or some, 
Someone does something scandalous on the job, amen, whatever it is. You go, you ever, you ever went to the refrigerator and go get your lunch and somebody took your lunch? Come on. Get, take my food, man. There's war going on, amen. Hallelujah. Or, 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 or to somebody that you know just deliberately lied to your face. I mean, what's our first response, guys? I, I know that, you know, deep down inside you're thinking of something, but it shouldn't be the first thing that how you respond or what you say. Because what you're thinking inside, yes, you're feeling that. You're saying that. But from there on, you're grabbing a hold of God and saying, God, I need your help right here. God, I need your strength. God, I'm going through a hard time. God, I feel like saying something, and I don't want to say the wrong thing, Lord. Give me strength. What is it that you do? Because if you're going to find any type of contentment, if you, if you want a, the secret or you want this recipe that Paul has, then you're going to have to be content no matter what you face. You're going to have to be content if they give the job to somebody else when you really deserve the job. You've got to be content with that God has better plans for what you see in front of you. You've you got to understand today, church, that you've got to find this recipe because all of us, all of us in this room are going to deal with situations in our life where the devil comes or life just messes with us that we're going to have to draw on Christ's strength. Come on, we can't think that, well, I've been saved X amount of years, that you know what, I know what to do. No, like I said, even the strongest fall because we all get weak, guys. There's a certain point that we can go. There's a certain point that, that even your, your knowledge in Christ or the word of God takes you that you know you can go so far with knowledge, but you're going to need some extra strength. Come on, you're going to need something a little extra for certain things or certain situations or certain people that you face. It says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. John 16, says this. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will, somebody say, I will. You will have trouble, but it says, take heart. I've overcome the world. Take heart. I've overcome the world. We're going to have troubles, guys. And we're going to go through some situations in our lives. And the thing is, we've got to be content with whatever we're going through. Whether you're, you're rich or you're poor, whether you have a lot or you have little. You've got to understand, he even goes on and says, well, I'm well fed or, or I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. Whatever, whatever it is, I, I learned, I found the secret. I found the recipe to this, and it's Christ. Jesus is my recipe. Jesus is my food. Jesus is my drink. Jesus is my everything. Whatever's lacking in my life, Jesus fulfills that. Come on. If you have Jesus, church, really, you have everything. With Jesus, you are the richest person in the world. Even physically, you may not have it. You're still rich in your heart and your spirit. And it keeps you thankful, church. You know, it keeps you thankful. You know, we, we look at what, what really matters. We, we look at ourselves and detach ourselves from the non-essential things of life and say, man, what really matters here? You know, I may not have everything, but I have my health. I may not have this, but, you know, I still have this. We start to look at the positive things that are in our lives. And it creates a thankfulness in our lives. We say, God, you know what, thank you. 
Thank you, I still have a roof over my head. You know, I don't have the house that I want or the house of my dreams. But you know what? I have a room. I have, I have a bed. I have this or whatever it is. You start to look at the things that you do have. And it creates a thankfulness in your spirit. It says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. How many want to have peace in this place? I think peace is something that you can't buy. But it's only something that God, Christ can give you. And he gives you this peace when you allow him inside your heart. And you put him center in your heart, amen. And, and you allow him to be your strength and your weaknesses. So I'm going to close tonight. Let's be thankful. Not only when things are going good, be thankful always. Don't be seasonal. Don't be seasonal. People come to church during the seasons, Thanksgiving or Easter, Christmas. And don't be seasonal to just give your thanks to the Lord. Come on, when we are, when we're thankful always, let me tell you, we'll always be a voice for him. But a good voice, a positive voice, a voice of thankfulness. Let's learn the secret, the recipe of contentment. Let's be thankful at all times, no matter what comes our way, church. Bottom line, he's still good. And bottom line, if you look at your life, even when that thing hits your life, there's still some good that you can find that can create a thankfulness in your spirit. And if, if, if nothing's, if, if it's worse of the worst, let me tell you, it's better than hell. Go back to that altar, and let me tell you, thankfulness will come right into your spirit. Come on, because we're no longer going to hell. He saved us. And that alone is better than anything else, church. What he's done on that cross was enough for us. Let's draw strength from Christ. His strength is sufficient in our weakness. So let's be thankful people. We close with these couple of scriptures, amen, and We'll close tonight. Philippians 4, 6 says in New Living Translations, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what, all that He's done. Hebrews 12, 28 says this, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful so that we can worship God, uh, worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Psalms 100, verse 4 and 5 says this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and to his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love, church, continues forever. His faithfulness continues to generation to generation, church. This is the God that we serve. Because he offers all this to